The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, starring Peter Jones as the book. been through the total perspective vortex, Zephod Bibelbrox now knows himself to be the most important being in the entire universe, something he had hitherto only suspected. It is said that his birth was marked by earthquakes, tidal waves, tornadoes, firestorms, the explosion of three neighbouring stars, and shortly afterwards by the issuing of over six and three-quarter million writs for damages from all the major landowners in his galactic sector. However, the only person by whom this is said is Beeblebrox himself, and there are several possible theories to explain this. Ford? Yeah? He's totally mad, isn't he? Well, the border between madness and genius is very narrow. Well, so is the Berlin Wall. The, Ber oh, the Berlin Wall, uh, the border between East and West Germany. It's very narrow. I mean, the point uh, I'm making was is... very narrow. Get your tenses right. Thank you. Anything wrong? On Earth, we have a word. Had a word? had a word called tact. Oh, yeah? Yes. And what happened to it? Well, apparently it's not in common usage except no, no, on Earth. No, not the word. The Earth. You know very well. It got demolished to make way for a hyperspace bypass. Ah, but that was all done away with centuries ago. No one demolishes planets anymore. Well, the Vogons did. Vogons? Yes. Odd, that. You mean they had another reason? Well, it could be. Probably not important, though. I only bring it up because I've been watching the screen. And there's been a Vogon fleet five light years behind us for the last half hour. What? Where's Zaphod? A Vogon fleet? Yeah. Where's Zaphod? Well, he's in his cabin signing photographs of himself. To myself, with frank admiration. But why are the Vogon... Uh, hey, boys? Marvin. What do you want? Give Zaphod a yell, will you? Ah, uh, mind-taxing time again, is it? Just get on with it. I've just worked out an answer to the square root of minus one. Go and get Zaphod. It's never been worked out before. It's always been thought impossible. Go and get... I'm going. Pausing only to reconstruct the whole infrastructure of integral mathematics in his head, he went about his humble task, never thinking to ask for reward, recognition, or even a moment's ease from the terrible pain in all the diodes down his left side. Fetch Beeble Rocks, they say, and forth he goes. Service. Don't you think we should do something for him? Hmm. We could rip out his voice box for a start. What are you in such a mood about? I'm worried about them. The Vogons? The Vogons, yeah. Rostetnik Vogon Jelts was not a pleasant sight, even for other Vogons. His highly domed nose rose high above a small piggy forehead. His dark green rubbery skin was thick enough for him to play the game of Vogon politics and play it well, and waterproof enough for him to survive indefinitely at sea depths of up to a thousand feet with no ill effects. Not that he ever went swimming, of course. He was the way he was because billions of years ago, when the Vogons had first crawled out of the sluggish primeval seas of Vogsphere and had lain panting and heaving on the planet's virgin shores, when the first rays of the bright young Vogsol sun had shone across them that morning, 
It was as if the forces of evolution had simply turned away in disgust and given up on them there and then. They never evolved again. They should never have survived. Meanwhile, the natural forces on the planet Vogue-sphere had been working overtime to make up for their earlier blunder. They brought forth scintillating jeweled scuttling crabs, which the Vogons ate, smashing their shells with iron mallets, and elegant gazelle-like creatures with silken coats and dewy eyes, which the Vogons would catch and sit on. They were no use as transport because their backs would snap instantly, but the Vogons sat on them anyway. They have attempted to acquire learning, they have attempted to acquire style and social grace, but in most respects the modern Vogon is little different from his primitive forebears. Prostetnik Vogon Jeltz is a fairly typical Vogon in that he is thoroughly vile. Is that definitely the ship? Affirmative, Captain. We have confirmed positive identification. Don't answer back. What? I said don't answer back. I was just answering. Don't interrupt. I wouldn't dare, Captain. Yes, you would. You just did. You dare to lie to me. No, Captain. Don't contradict me. I didn't, Captain. Well, you did just then. What? I said don't... Don't come in, Jim. Don't interrupt, God. Captain. Take this object away and shoot it. Shoot him, Captain. Don't question my orders. No, of course not, Captain. I wouldn't dream of it. You dare to patronise me. No, Captain. Honestly, I wouldn't. When you shot the prisoner... Yes, Captain. Shoot yourself. But I... Then throw yourself out of the nearest airlock. Yes, Captain. And what, Captain? I will not have this insubordination in my crew. The next peep out of any of you, you all get it in the neck. Is that understood? Well? Yes, Computer! Computer? Uh, yes, Captain. Get me a long-distance sub-ether line to my brain care specialist. At once, Captain. Ah, hello, Captain Prostetnik. And how are we feeling today? I appear to have wiped out half my crew. So, you appear to have wiped out half your crew, have you? That's what I said. So, that's what you said, is it? That is what I said. So that is what you said, is it? Yes. So your answer to my question, that is what you said, is it? Is yes. Yes. I see. Well, this is very interesting. Mr. Hamfrod, I have just wiped out half of my crew. So you have just wiped yes. out... Yes! Well, this too is very interesting. Well? I think this is probably perfectly normal behavior for a Vogon. The natural and healthy channeling of aggressive instincts into acts of senseless violence... That is exactly what you always say. Well, I think that is probably perfectly normal behavior for a psychiatrist. Ah, excellent. Ah, we are clearly both very well adjusted in our mental attitudes today. Now, tell me, what news of the mission? We have located the ship. Good, and the occupant? The Earthman. Yes. The prefect being, and... They bought Beetlebrox. Ah, uh, this is most regrettable. A personal friend? Ah, uh, no. In my profession, we never make personal friends. A professional detachment. No, we just don't have the neck. But Beetlebrox, you see, is my most profitable client. Yes, that's so. Oh, uh, yes. He has personality problems beyond the dreams of analysts. Mm -hmm. Ah, it will be a pity to lose him. But you, uh, you are feeling well adjusted to your task? To make sure there are no survivors from the planet Earth, yes, this time there will be no failure. Good. 
But first is a small financial matter I must deal with. Then, when I give the order, destroy the ship. And people broke? Well, they fought just this guy, you know. Battery service. <laughs> hi, 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 guys. Uh, Zephod, there's a Vogon fleet on our tail. They're coming up on us. Yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> the guys just want to be close to me, I guess. I'll turn my charisma down a notch. They'll soon get bored and drift away. It looks like a battle formation. <laughs> hey, did you hear that? What? The monkey spoke. Pure history, man. A talking monkey. Just ignore it, Arthur. Ignore what? I'm going to get some tea. Thank you. Battle formation, eh? Yes. Neat. Computer! Hi there! We gonna have a conversation? No, you're gonna tell me what those Vogons want and how they're armed. Then shall we have a conversation? What? According to my programming, in the evening leisure periods, the crew will like to relax and enjoy pleasant social activities with a wide range of shipboard robots and computers. Man and machine share in the stimulating exchange of... What happened? Oh. I just jabbed a quick negative load across its logic terminals. <laughs> hey, that hurt! <laughs> Good. To counteract the restlessness caused by long stretches of deep space flight, the crew will occasionally like to let off steam by playing electronic Almer. Gee, would that be a great idea, fellas? Almer or space battle? Computer, we've got Vogons on our tail. Okay, I'll be the Vogons. When you hear the flip, you... Ah! Uh, could you be a little more relaxed about this, guys? Turn it off. Okay. If you have any problems you'd like to talk over, we can get together. Now what? What? Without the computer, we're defenseless. Assuming they mean to attack. Oh, yes, assuming that, of course. They may just have popped round to have a quick game of Halma. It's kind of as if they're waiting for something. Zephod Beeblebrock? Hey, man, it's a message. Hey, Zephod, how are you doing, my old schizo-psychic cerebral freaky? Who's the Z? I think it's my analyst. I was just going through some old accounts, you know. It's my analyst. I was just wondering... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi there, Gag. Can you call back? Uh, the Vogons are closing in, Zephod. It's only a small matter, I yeah, know, yeah, it's but... It's just that I think we're under attack at the moment. I'd hardly it... like to bother you about a mere five and a half million Altarian dollars. I'm under attack, man. Ah, uh, so you feel you're under attack, do you? Would you like to talk about Listen, it? Listen, this is for real, man. Spaceships, detonate kill cannons, the whole bit. Ah, uh, so you feel it's for real, do you? This is very encouraging. Your delusions are getting grander and grander. That will be six million Altarian dollars if you could just Here's instruct a damn your payment computer power to... Here's front. Terrific. No computer, no communications. They'll be in firing range in a few seconds. Okay, well, let's not hang about. Get the computer back in. We'll improv out of here, Zappo. Hi there. Computer, get us on an improbability trajectory out of here pronto. Sorry, guys, I can't do that right now. All my circuits are currently engaged on solving a different problem. Now, I know this is very unusual, but it is a very difficult and challenging problem, and I know that the result will be one we can all share and enjoy. Share and enjoy. Share and enjoy is, of course, the company motto of the hugely successful Sirius Cybernetics Corporation Complaints Division, which now covers the major land masses of three medium-sized planets and is the only part of the corporation to share consistent profit in recent years. The motto stands, or stood, in three-mile-high illuminated letters near the Complaints Department spaceport on Edrex. Share and enjoy. 
Unfortunately, its weight was such that shortly after it was erected, the ground beneath the letters caved in and they dropped for nearly half their length through the underground offices of many talented young complaints executives, now deceased. The protruding upper halves of the letters now appear in the local language to read, Go stick your head in a pig, and are no longer illuminated, except at times of special celebration. At these times of special celebration, a choir of robots sing the company song, Share and Enjoy. Unfortunately, again, another of the computing errors for which the company is justly famous means that the robots' voice boxes are exactly a flattened fifth out of tune, and the result sounds something like this. One of the Sirius Cybernetic Corporation's creations is the Nutrimatic Drink Dispenser, one of which has just provided Arthur Dent with a plastic cup filled with a liquid which is almost, but not quite, entirely unlike tea. The way it works is very interesting. When the drink button is pressed, it makes an instant but highly detailed examination of the subject's taste buds, a spectroscopic analysis of the subject's metabolism, and then sends tiny experimental signals down the neural pathways to the taste centers of the subject's brain to see what is likely to be well received. However, no one knows quite why it does this, because it then invariably delivers a cup full of liquid that is almost, but not quite, entirely unlike tea. I mean, what is the point? Nutrition and pleasurable sense data. Share and enjoy. Listen, you stupid machine, it tastes filthy. Here, take this cup back. If you have enjoyed the experience of this drink, why not share it with your friends? Because I want to keep them. Will you try and comprehend what I'm telling you? That drink... That drink was individually tailored to meet your personal requirements for nutrition and pleasure. Ah, so I'm a masochist on a diet, am I? Share and enjoy. Oh, shut up. Will that be all? Yes. No, look, it's very, very simple. All I want... Are you listening? Yes. Is a cup of tea. Got that? I hear. Good. And you know why I want a cup of tea? Please wait. What? Computing. What are you doing? Attempting to calculate answer to your question. Why you want dried leaves in boiling water. Because I happen to like it, that's why. Stated reason does not compute with program facts. What are you talking about? You heard. What? Who said that? The ventilation system. You had a go at me yesterday. Yes, because you keep filling the air with cheap perfume. You like scented air. It's fresh and invigorating. No, I do not. Please calm down. Why is the floor shaking? Tired nerves and muscles are quickly soothed by gentle floor vibrations. Feel your troubles float away. Just stop it, will you? 
All of you, stop it! Turn the soothing music off! Turn it off! I order you to turn it off! Thank you. Why you want dried leaves in water? Still computing? Now listen. If I want to be toned up, calmed down, invigorated or anything, then it's very simple. I just have a cup of tea. Just dried leaves boiled? Yes. Then why, why did you build, you build all, all of us? What? I didn't. Your species did. You're an organic life form. Your law did. To improve your lifestyle. Hi there, this is Eddie, your shipboard computer, just alerting you to the fact that the Nutrimatic machine has now tapped into my logic circuit to ask me why the human prefers boiled leaves to everything we have to offer him. And wow, it's a biggie. It's gonna take a little time to work out. Share and enjoy. Share and enjoy. Share and enjoy. Oh, this is ridiculous. Get me out of here. Thank you. My pleasure. Oh. What evasive action can we take? I say, do you know where the kettle is? Why are you both looking like that? We're under attack, the Vogons. Well, let's get out of here. We can't, the computer's jammed. It's what? It says all its circuits are occupied. Occupied? What, with my problem? Uh, what problem would that be, Monkey Man? Well, apparently, it's just trying to work out why I like tea. Mm. Oh, dingo's so kidding. Well, now, look, it's not my fault. What do you mean? Listen, it's, you not, it's not my fault. Life, as many people have spotted, is, of course, terribly unfair. For instance, the first time the heart of gold ever crossed the galaxy, the massive improbability field it generated caused 239,000 lightly fried eggs to materialize in a large wobbly heap on the famine-struck land of Pogrel in the Pencil system. The whole Pogrel tribe had just died out from famine, except for one man who died of cholesterol poisoning some weeks later. The Pogrels, always a pessimistic race, had a little riddle, the asking of which used to give them the only tiny twinges of pleasure they ever experienced. One Pogrel would ask another Pogrel, why is life like hanging upside down with your head in a bucket of hyena offal? To which the second Pogrel would reply, I don't know, why is life like hanging upside down with your head in a bucket of hyena offal? To which the first Pogrel would reply, I don't know either. Wretched, isn't it? I'm sorry, it's just that I was dying for a cup of tea. You soon will be, baby. Right, that's it. They've started firing. At that distance, the first beams will hit us in just over four minutes. What are we going to do? Hold a seance. What do you mean? We're not dead. Yet. No, but my great-grandfather is. Who? Zaphod Beeblebrox the Fourth. Is this relevant? The Fourth? Zaphod Beeblebrox the Fourth? Yeah, I'm Zaphod Beeblebrox. My father's Zaphod Beeblebrox the Second. My grandfather's Zaphod Beeblebrox the Third. What? Yeah, there was an accident with a contraceptive and a time machine. I can't explain it now. All hold hands on the console. Zaphod, we've got three minutes. Do it! Hurry! But... Now? Uh, Arthur, just accept it. We may as well. We're all dead. Safod's out of his skulls. Why not have a seance? Why not go mad? Put your hands on the console. All right, all right. What's that? The dialing chart. What? <laughs> Concentrate. Who disturbed 
disturbs me at this time. Oh, uh, hi, great-granddad. Zephod Beeblebrox. Yeah, hi. Uh, look, I'm really sorry about the flowers. I meant to send them along, but, you know, uh, the shop was fresh out of wreaths and... And uh... you forgot. Well, I... Too busy. Never think of other people. The living are all the same. Yeah, but I did mean to, and, and I very nearly got round to writing to my great-grandmother as well. You know, uh, condolences. Your great-grandmother? Yeah. How is she now? I'll go and see her. Your late great-grandmother and I are very well. Ah, oh. But very disappointed in you, young Zaphod. Yeah, well, um... We've been following your progress with considerable... Despondency. Yeah, look... Uh, Not to say contempt. Yeah, could you sort of uh, listen a moment? I mean, what exactly are you doing with your life? I'm being attacked by a Vogon fleet. Doesn't surprise me in the least. Yeah, look, can you help? Help? Yeah, like now. Help? You go swanning your own sweet way round the galaxy with... Your disreputable friends? Yeah, one minute twenty. Too busy to put flowers on the grave? Plastic ones would have done. But no, no, too busy. Too modern. Too, uh, skeptical. Till you find yourself in a fix and suddenly come over all astrally minded. Well, I don't know, Zayford. I think I'll have to think about this one. One minute ten. I mean, tell me what you think you've achieved. Achieved? I was president of the galaxy, man. Ah, uh, and what kind of a job is that for the Beeble Brocks? Hey, what are... <laughs> you know, and I know, what being president means, young Zaphod. You know because you've been it, and I know because I'm dead. And it gives one such a wonderfully uncluttered perspective... We have a saying up here. Life is wasted on the living. Yeah, very good. Very deep. Right now, I need aphorisms like I need holes in my head. 50 seconds. uh, You, I, what was I, where where was I? Pontificating. Oh, yes. Well, let me tell you a little story. What, now? Yes. 49 seconds. Hey, what? 49 seconds. Time seems to be slowing down. Yes, I'd hate you to miss the end of it. Hate is, of course, an almost entirely terrible thing. There is not, say many people, enough love or understanding in the universe. Though the first of these may continue to be a problem, it is in the interest of increasing the general level of understanding that the following facts will now be revealed. Zaphod Beeblebrox's full title was President of the Imperial Galactic Government. The term imperial is kept, though it is now an anachronism. The hereditary emperor is now nearly dead, and has been for many centuries. This is because in his last dying moments he was, much to his imperial irritation, locked in a perpetual stasis field. All his heirs are now, of course, long dead, and the upshot of all this is that without any drastic upheaval, political power has simply and effectively moved a rung or two down the ladder and is now seen to be vested in an elected governmental assembly, headed by a president elected by that assembly. In fact, it vests in no such place. That would be too easy. The president's job 
and if someone sufficiently vain and stupid is picked, he won't realize this, is not to wield power, but to draw attention away from it. Zephard Bibelbrox, the only man in history to have made presidential telecasts from the bath, from Eccentrica Galumbit's bedroom, from the maximum security wing of the Beetlejuice State Prison, or from wherever else he happened to be at the time, was supremely good at this job. 48 seconds. So you see, young Zaphod, when thinking of ways to describe what you are making of your life, I find the phrase, pig's ear, tends to spring to mind. Yeah, but hey, man. Hey, oh, I wish you wouldn't speak like that. Zaphod, you became president for a reason. Have you forgotten? Yeah, of course I forgot. I had to. They screen your brain when you get the job, you know. If they found my head full of subversion, I'd have been right back out on the streets with nothing but a fat pension, secretarial staff, a fleet of ships, and a couple of slit throats. Ah, you do remember then. Oh, yeah, yeah. I came to myself in this dream. It's all cool, you know. Did you find Zarni Whoop? Ah, well... Where's? No, I more of sort of didn't. Did you find Rooster? Yeah, 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 I found Rooster. And... Okay, so I lost them again. Oh, Zaphod, the only reason I think I waste my breath on you is that being dead, I don't have any other use for it. Hey, listen, you know you're talking to the only guy ever to come out of the total perspective vortex. Only the most important dude in the universe. Could be, Zaphod, only could be. Only if you do your job and find out who or what really is running everything. Who you were fronting for. I just wish I knew why it was important. Because okay? there's a lot of people wanting to have a word with him. I don't suppose for a moment you're capable of succeeding. The only reason I'm going to help you now is that I couldn't bear the thought of you and your modern friends slouching about up here. Understood? Oh, uh, yeah, thanks a bundle. Oh, and, uh, uh Zayford. Uh, yeah. If ever you find you need help again, you know, if you're in trouble, need a hand out of a tight corner, yeah? please don't hesitate to, to get lost. Family's always embarrassing, isn't it? Hi there! <laughs> this is Eddie, your shipboard computer. Right back in here. And I gotta tell you guys that if we don't move out of here within... Uh, uh, let's see now, something of the order of... Uh, uh, well, by the time I finish working this out, taking trajectory distortion and the space-time curve into account, it'll be three seconds less. So let's say a cheerful round number like 20 seconds. Within... Uh, uh, well, it's near 18 seconds now. And uh, by the time I finish saying... What I'm saying now, it'll be 16 seconds. We're all going to be gunners. Computer, you're working again. Oh, sure. This unearthly voice came and solved my problem for me. Why someone should want to drink dried leaves in boiling water? Answer, because he's an ignorant monkey who doesn't know better. Cute, huh? Listen, you malfunctioning mess of microchips. Hi there. Computer, drive us out of here now. Maximum improbability. What? Oh, yeah, sure thing. Will our heroes start living more useful and constructive lives as a result of this little talking to? Will it turn out that the reason why Gag Helfrand has hired the Vogons to destroy 
first the earth and then half a dent, is that if the ultimate question is ever found, the universe will suddenly become a good and happy place and all the psychiatrists will suddenly be out of a job? Will all sorts of totally amazing things happen when the heart of gold arrives on the planet Brontitor? Find out in the next strangely incomprehensible episode of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. In that episode of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Peter Jones was the book, Simon Jones was Arthur Dent, Geoffrey McGiven was Ford Prefect and the Ventilation System, Mark Wing Davy was Zaphod Beeblebrox, Stephen Moore was Marvin, Gag Halfront and Vogon Guard, David Tate was Eddie, Vogon Guard and Vogon Computer, Bill Wallace was Vogon Captain, Louine Willoughby was the Neutromat Machine, and Richard Goulden was Zaphod Beeblebrox IV. Radiophonic sound and music was by Paddy Kingsland of the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. The programme was written by Douglas Adams and produced by Geoffrey Perkins. Tea is now obtainable from most mega markets in a variety of easy-to-swallow capsules. Music